0: Welcome everybody and um, thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm gonna be carrying on the uh, second part of the series that Pete kicked off last week. Um, So if you didn't hear that one, please go um, to our um, YouTube channel and you'll hear last week's Jesus, uh, Peter talked about Jesus being um, man of joy. And this morning I'm talking about Jesus, um, the bringer of hope. And I think given the current circumstances we find ourselves in, I genuinely cannot think of a more uh, relevant topic to be talking about this morning than that of hope. For me, biblical hope is the confident expectation that good is coming and that I have a part to play in it. I'll say that again. So biblical hope for me is the confident expectation that good is coming and that I have a part to play in it. So this morning, I want to look at a story um, of how Jesus brings hope to a potentially hopeless situation. If you've got your Bibles, um, please feel free to turn to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at the very familiar story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So Mark chapter 6, and I'm going to start reading at verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. They said to him, Oh, sorry, Jesus said to, him, said to them, you give them something to eat. The disciples said, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and have a look. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples and set before them before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. So just allow me quickly to go through and highlight just a few um, points um, out of this passage. Um, somebody once said, it's, it's um, he who has the most hope has the most influence. And wherever Jesus found himself, people wanted to get near to him. People wanted to get healed, get free. They wanted to see miracles. They wanted um, to see um, what Jesus could do for them, what sort of provision they could get from him, what he would teach. Jesus had so much hope in his DNA that he literally drew people to himself. Jesus, I believe, was a man of massive influence. 5,000 men, plus women, plus children saw, recognized Jesus and his disciples, and on that basis alone, left their towns and villages Um, and ran ahead of them so they could hear and experience more of Jesus. So true hope for me really is a magnet. Hope is unstoppable. Seeing these massive crowds, knowing how late it was in the day and how remote they were, the disciples began to gradually sink into hopelessness. And I can totally empathise with these disciples. However, they were only looking at the facts of the problem. Jesus says to them in verse 37, you give them something to eat. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were one of the disciples, I would have thought to myself, if not actually said, is this guy serious? Did he just not hear us say that these people need to go home? Does he not know where we are? We are miles from anywhere. Now, The disciples didn't say that. However, what they did say was, Jesus, that would take eight months' wages to pay for that amount of food. Do you seriously want to spend that much money on food? So here's the truth I'd like to share with you this morning on hope. Jesus knows the solution to the problem before we know that we even have a problem. So if you're facing a difficulty or a challenge today, and let's be honest, isn't right now know this jesus already has the solution and he will deliver it your problem this coronavirus that we're experiencing has not caught jesus out and hope reminds us god has seen the end from the beginning just like jesus saw the end before there was a problem with the food and the crowds So here were the disciples confronted with a serious problem and the likelihood of possibly upsetting about ten thousand people. That is a legitimate concern. However, Jesus knew the solution. Bring me what you have. The disciples were actively participating in this miracle of hope. Today we are also invited to participate the ignition of hope in people's lives and here's how we do it simply believe believe so what do you need to do to, to become a christian believer you just need to believe here's another truth to ignite hope jesus and the good news of the gospel does not demand hope from us It supplies hope to us. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow or abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow or abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the source of all hope, and it flows from them to us. We do not have to drum up hope as the disciples did not have to drum up so many loaves and fish. So what looked like an utterly hopeless situation, Jesus, the bringer of hope, turns around and makes it an absolute feast with 12 basketfuls left over. I can only imagine hope must have been ignited within each and every person in that remote place. And what he did then, for those people, he can do again. So what can we do today to increase our hope levels? I've got three suggestions. Number one, get stuck into scripture. Read, study, meditate on truth. And we believe that scripture is truth. So can I encourage you to not just read the Bible for information and to fill your minds with something, or in the same way you might read a novel, but actually believe what you're reading. If you believe a lot of truth, you're going to get a lot of hope. Romans 15.4 says that everything that was written to us in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Secondly speak that truth to yourself by making what we call declarations. Declarations are simply us speaking out audibly truth about who God says we are, who we believe God to be, and what God says about our circumstances. And speaking activates what you believe. Making declarations is incredibly powerful. That Proverbs 18.21 tells us the tongue, i.e. your spoken word, has the power of life and death. Jesus, in the gospel, didn't just think his way out of the wilderness. He spoke his way out. So here are some examples to get you going. You can declare hope is being ignited in me today. You can declare hope a strong, I have a strong hope for transformation. There is always a solution. I have full access to grace unlimited. Well, how about this one? I will always know what to do. And the third, the third way to increase hope is simply to give hope away. So Luke 6.38 is one of the most brilliant promises contained in Scripture. It says this, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Wow. Do you want more hope in your life? Do you want the kind of hope that those disciples and that crowd must have had on that hill? Then let me, then let me encourage you to go and give some away. To get you started, find someone who needs encouragement and give them a call, send them a note, send them a text, an email, bake them a cake, do something that will encourage them and not only will you get their hopes up, the promise is that you will receive hope and encouragement yourself. So remember, Hope is the confident expectation that good is coming and that just like the disciples feeding over 10,000 people, you and I have a part to play in it. Now, just before I hand back over to um, Paul for another song, we believe um, at the Oasis Church uh, in Chelmsford here that God is not only able to speak to us today, but that he's super keen to share his heart with us. And this morning, I've just got a few words of encouragement. I believe he wants to share with some of you today. We read in verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began teaching them many things. I believe that today, specifically during this period that we're in, in, in the world, Jesus is going to teach some of us many things, many new things. Things that you had never either seen or heard before, you're going to experience a revelation or a deeper understanding of Jesus that is brand new to you, like you've never seen it before. Like the disciples, you're you're looking around, some of you are looking around saying, this is a desolate place and the hour is late, i.e. it's only getting darker. But this is the perfect time, I believe, for Jesus to show up and speak into your specific and unique set of circumstances. So if if you're an adult, uh, for young people, for children listening, some of you are going to specifically learn about the compassionate nature of Jesus. And some of you are going to experience him shepherding you like you have never been shepherded before. So what do shepherds do? They keep their sheep safe they watch over and protect their sheep they're responsible for the overall welfare what they eat what, what what they drink where they drink it shepherds always have a destination for their sheep and i could go on so guys get ready to be taught new things about jesus by jesus around compassion and him being your good shepherd something else when i read earlier from romans 15:13 that passage, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, I felt like um, when I read and reread that verse, some of you listening literally experienced an incredible peace descend upon you. Some of you felt joy rising up inside of you, and that is the Holy Spirit filling you with hope. So joy and the peace that you're feeling is the consequence of you getting hope filled. So I'd encourage you guys to keep meditating on that specific. And then lastly, and we draw at the close, lastly, I saw Jesus take a dipstick measurement of some of our hope levels, and there was barely anything on the stick. So you use a dipstick in a car engine to see how much oil you have in your car. Not enough oil, and the car will, not be, eff- will be non-effective, non-efficient, it will burn out, and it will seize up the engine but a sufficient amount of oil and it will run smoothly and just as the manufacturer designed it. So here's the good news. I see Jesus today replenishing and filling up your hope levels, even as I'm speaking to you now. It's happening right now. Hope is returning. You're sensing a light at the end of the tunnel. Heaviness is lifting off you as hope pours in. So guys, keep receiving hope. And I'm going to hand over back to Paul, um, who's going to lead us in another, another song. Thanks for tuning in, guys.